0: Hi, welcome to the properly named Sherpa, the Gloves Are Off podcast. I am Kathy Aru, former Washington Post magazine contributing editor, columnist, who interviewed former presidents, um, many U.S. treasurers, many cabinet secretaries, and covered three administrations so far, and it's amazing because I'm only 23 years old. So, yeah, this podcast will bring you heavy hitting questions with people that you would like to ask the big questions too. I am your messenger. I am the every man. I am the middle person, the every woman. Uh, I ask the questions you want to know. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm only here to get the answers to the questions that are on all of our minds because that's what we all deserve, especially you. Enjoy. Thank you. I'm super excited sitting here waiting for uh, Governor Deval Patrick, uh, former governor from Massachusetts. He was the, well, I'm not going to give too much away, but I'm really excited because he's a civil rights activist in our time and that's uh, just sort of motivational and can't wait to talk to him. He's got something up his sleeve. That's going to just make us all want to change the world. And I really think we all need that right now. And uh, he's going to call me any minute now. So uh, this is an exclusive. He chose me, maybe because I've interviewed a few presidents and a few people he knows. And uh, he trusts me, which is a good thing. I'm very trustworthy. You could ask Nancy Pelosi. She'll tell you. Um, so will Newt Gingrich and Jimmy Carter, and Laura Bush. Let me get him on the phone. Enough with the bragging. I don't mean to be braggadocious as uh, President Trump would say. I don't think that's a word. Okay, one second. Hey, Kathy. Yes. Hey, Governor Patrick is on. Governor Patrick, hi. hi.
1: Are you feeling better?
0: Me? I'm good. Oh, Oh. yeah. (laughs) Yes. You weren't supposed to hear about my troubles.
1: (laughs) You're too. No, no. I I, I saw that uh, uh, you, is it your daughters also had um, COVID-19?
0: Yes. Yes. You do do your homework. Yes. That was back in March. Everybody back? Yes. They recovered like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And then.
1: Well, I wish to thank you too.
0: Yeah. It took me five days of symptoms, but I thought I would be immune forever. Now they don't know.
1: I know. I heard that uh, at the beginning as well. And I was almost like I wanted to say to to my wife, you know what? I'm going (laughs) to go deeply and lick doorknobs and stuff like that. Lick everything. uh, I want to get it and survive and then be able to go on and do what I want to do. But, um,
0: you're so funny. No. You're so funny. People told me they're like, You're so lucky. I like I know And 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 then you know, all these surprises in a pandemic. It's just a, it's just not fair, you know? What? This pandemic uh,
1: on the list of unfair things that might be uh
0: Right that, that-
1: experiencing that
0: meat might be lower down but I know what you mean <laughs> I know I know with all the troubles going on uh, yeah um, so I, I I asked a fellow governor uh, if he knew you governor Levitt, Um I interviewed <laughs> him for the podcast he said that you were a great a uh, great um, guy so so he says hello thank you yeah so That's- <laughs> um, so I, I figured if, if, if he says hello, then um, you must be a great guy. And uh, I so I read about, okay, so I read about the Together Fund. Yeah. W- why why are you doing all this? It seems like such hard work. Why the heck are you doing such hard work?
1: Well, you know, you only had you of all people, um, given your line of work, uh, know what an extraordinary moment in American history this is not just American politics, but our history. The fact that, um, so many forces have combined, um, to make the need to think big and act big, um, essential, not just, uh, desirable, but essential. You know, it, it was true before the pandemic that, um, unemployment was low only if you counted both or all three the low-wage jobs a lot of people had just to survive right and that inflation when you're told inflation is low you know tell that to somebody who's paying rent or tuition or uh, or uh, you know uh, a health care premium we, we have um, we have economic stagnation before the economy shut down and uh, a gross uh um racial injustice before um the 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 videotape of uh of george floyd's killing and so not being a candidate doesn't mean um i get to sit on the sidelines you know i want to be able to help and so the fund is my platform to help the biden campaign to help a number of candidates for senate we've announced handful we're going to announce the others in the next couple of weeks and in the house as well, where the candidate in particular is running as a Democrat in a place where Democrats have not been very competitive in the, in the past. Right. Um, where I think we have a real chance to make a case, um, and to draw people in. So it's a way to stay involved. It's a way to, 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 uh, contribute to, um, what I believe can be, uh, a transformative, um, uh, period. And by that, I mean, Kathy, not just this election cycle, but the next couple and what happens in between.
0: Um, so, so there, there is a question I asked, I asked, um, listeners a question that they would ask if they, if they could ask you. And I thought it was, uh, there was one that was really great. Why did you not think there was something out there already that was doing this, that was putting the right people in the right places and, and fighting this cause? Like, why, why would you create your own? Why would you do it the hard way? Yes. Why, why the Together Fund? Why do it the hard way? Why would you start something from scratch? Was there not something that you thought was doing the job? I think a lot of folks are doing, uh, are doing good
1: work, and I wasn't looking to go um, work for someone. I was looking for, um, uh, in particular, people who brought, um, to their politics and things I very much believe in, um, that goes much beyond uh, partisanship. I, I believe in generational responsibility. It's an old idea, but it's it, it's that notion we learned from our grandparents that we're supposed to do what we can to leave things better for those who come behind us. Exactly. That, that transcends political ambition. I also um, uh, believe that it's really important. To be close to the grassroots and take the wisdom and, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and the aspirations and, uh, uh, the reality of lived experience into policymaking. Cause I'm not that interested in abstract policy. I'm interested in policy where it touches people and where it actually enables them to, uh, to help themselves.
0: What does what so, does that mean to like um like a civilian like like me like policy? What does that what does that mean like yeah, laws? Yeah. Laws or or yeah, I mean yes, it's okay. also the tone you
1: set. I mean, I'll give you an example from when I was governor. Okay, you know we had a um, we had a whole bunch of ideas about what to do in uh, in the area, for example, of criminal justice. Okay, I I hate. Multi, uh, mandatory minimum uh, sentencing it's just a it's a gimmick that um has done a lot of damage and uh and you know we had some we did we set out to do and did uh to um uh to end mandatory sentencing uh, for non-violent drug offenders for example right out talking with people One of the things, two things they kept talking about that we had not really focused on. It's not that we hadn't thought about it, but we hadn't made them central. One was really, because the fact is that well over 90% of the people in come out one day. And we have decimated over time in the interest of focusing on so-called tough on crime. Right. uh, Yeah. Prepare people to come back into productive life. And as a part of that, the second one was, um, what we call the, the what we called Cori reform. Corey is the criminal registry in Massachusetts.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: it's the thing that requires, you may have heard of the ban the box movement. Um, this is where people come out, they're ready to go to work. The first question is, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Yep. They say yes, answer honestly. And they, there's no further conversation. And um, and what folks were saying, look, you know, you get a record, it is a permanent, um, not just blemish, it's a permanent uh, constraint on your ability to re enter public life. So give us a chance to go have that conversation with an employer, prove to him or her that we can do the job. And if they think we can do the job and we're ready to do the job, then let's have a conversation about. Uh, about my past my my uh, my criminal record because at that point you've already persuaded them you can do it and so the the shorthand for this kathy is so-called ban the box on the application right ban that you can't bring that up that wasn't something i was focused on we did that um we got that um, piece of legislation moved because it came from the grassroots from listening to people about what was going to make what kind of policy was going to make a difference in their lives it's a small example but it's an example of the approach I think is so important
0: yeah and it's um well I I always when I um when I talk to uh, governors or or um cabinet secretaries or people in these places I I usually ask how do you sleep at night when you, when you know, when you start learning about like, like these problems, there's a million things. There's so many things to fix. Do you sleep? Do you do like, are you able to sleep at night? I mean, I've talked to politicians, uh, you know, great people have said, I actually only sleep three hours. You know, they've admitted they, they can't sleep more than three hours because things keep them up at night. There are certainly, There is certainly that aspect of the, um, of the
1: job, I will say most of the people I met weren't looking for government to solve every problem in their life. They just wanted government to do what it could to help them help themselves. And, you know, so what you do to make the rules more fair, um, to make the playing field more, um, more even, what you do to stand up for the, um, for the most vulnerable, Um, and make folks who have felt left out and left back um, feel included. I think that is such a source of satisfaction um, uh, for me because it's meaningful to the people I I
0: serve. Um, I serve. And so that, you know, in that sense, I suppose I did. Sleep better. Yeah, you slept. I mean, you know, when the bombs went off at the Boston Marathon, I didn't sleep Um, in the first couple of years
1: because we came in and not 15 minutes later the bottom fell out of the global economy and we were dealing with the great recession i didn't i didn't sleep a lot then but when we started to get traction um and we started to get you know back closer to people in the way we had been when we were campaigning and really trying to pay attention to serving their um needs not just in the moment but their kids needs and grandparents their grandkids
0: needs looking out a generation or two yeah that's what you really felt like you had a rhythm and people we understood each other so so it well is it is it true that um that you're you were close with obama i thought
1: i knew uh, Barack Obama probably 15 years or so before he ran anything.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, and I try not to believe what I read. I, I really, and, I, and I, I'm a print journalist from the Washington Post, and I, I, I always, I never believe what I read. So that is true. That is a true, um, it is true that you were uh, friends for a while.
1: Yeah, I met him, I met him actually when I was head of the Civil Rights Division in the Clinton administration. And he was practicing voting rights law in Chicago, and we were introduced um, introduced at a distance by uh, a mutual friend, uh, Ab Minkler, who uh, had been a judge and a congressman from Chicago, and when I met him, uh, he was uh, President Clinton's uh, White House counsel. And I remember Ab saying to me, um, you know, there's a guy in Chicago— who reminds me a lot of you.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> that's a, of him. that's a compliment. You guys, you know, and when we got, I went out to Chicago and met him um, on a visit uh, there, and we stayed in touch. And I remember, and I was immediately impressed, as I think people always are when they meet him. Yes. I remember he ran for state senate. I think I have this right. And I was uh, I was working at Coca-Cola at the time. He called me up and he said, Deval, he said, I'm running for office," he said. "I'm running for senate," and I said. "Barack, it's about time." And I said, "I've been waiting for this." So, oh. if a lot of us. How can I help it? He said, "Well, you can make a contribution to my campaign." <laughs> and I said, "Well, I will do that. I will contribute at the max." And he paused. And he said, Devon, He said, "In Illinois, there is no max."
0: <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs>
1: I said, Brock, I said, brother, there has to be a max. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, right. Like, you couldn't give him your house. Come on. Yeah, you you exactly. got your limitations.
1: But I was, I went to see him in his new office in this, uh, uh, which, whichever of those Senate offices it was. Yeah. When he was elected to the United States, um, uh, Senate. And, uh, and I, you know, there are boxes all over the place and, uh, And he is already, of course, a celebrity, but a, you know, but number 100 on the totem pole. Yeah. Sat down in his office and I said, you know, I am so proud of you. I said, i worked for this. I prayed for this. This is just, this is perfect. I said, now, um, I want to ask you uh, something. He said, what's that? I I said, "Um, I'm thinking of running for governor. I had run for nothing
0: before. Oh, wow. And,
1: And he said, huh. He said, let me see. He said, uh, you got a team? I said, nope. He said, uh, you got a plan? He said, he said, you got any money? I said, nope. Said, uh, um, you got any name recognition? I said, you know, 2% on a good day, more, more uh, realistic. And he said, well, I'm in. What do you want me to
0: do? <laughs> that's, that's really funny. You, yeah, you, was fun. You, there's not one thing you answered correctly, and he was on your team. Right, right. And you won. And I won. That's and I won. amazing. And and uh, I, I, I hate to fangirl you like this, uh, I, and both of you, but are you still in touch, would you say?
1: Oh, yeah. We're not, you know, not constantly. And when he was in the White House, you know, I tried to be, Diane and I tried to be, um, you know, the sort of, Allies who weren't calling all the time and saying, you know, you should do this differently, you should do that different, just just to try to be friends, right. just try to, um, you know, celebrate him when he was up and comfort him when he was down. And uh, I think he was that kind of uh, that kind of friend for me um, in in office as well. Uh, whether we were working directly on stuff like uh, healthcare reform or the Recovery Act, or just. You know, getting together in the summer when they were on the vineyard. Um, I talk to him less. Well, I would say infrequently now. Yeah. He's he's trying to get his book
0: done. Oh, that's that's the worst. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, That that that'll drive someone crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I talked to him a lot when I was thinking about getting in the in the race this time, um, and when we ultimately did not, and and when I, you know, a year later uh, decided to jump
0: in yeah well the, the, it got it, the race got complicated, and, and of course there's a pandemic and all that kind of stuff. but um but you've gone back now, you civil rights has always meant something so much to you. Um, you have a, I think you have, I don't believe what I read, but you have a, a personal story with um with um growing up with um wanting that's what drove you to civil rights is is something personal in your background that dr- well, drove you to the mission?
1: There are a lot of things, and I wouldn't say there was any just one thing, but, um, uh, you know, the the, uh, the experience of um, hearing Dr. King speak in a park on the south side of Chicago was, um, for me, so powerful. I mean, I, I was six or seven years old when my mother took me to, to listen to him, and I don't remember uh, a single word he said, but I remember what it felt like. And I remember the, the connection that we all felt to other people in that park, people like us of, you know, limited means, but, uh, but limitless hope. And, um, having grown up on welfare and with a single mom, um, in a tenement with my grandparents and other relatives and, and, uh, and having that opportunity that I had, and frankly, having the gift from my mother and grandparents and other adults of believing that I was um, entitled to that opportunity and capable of making the most of it, um, has always made me feel like at whatever the assignment was in the public or the private sector, that I should be doing something to pay. Well,
0: I mean, um, that'll really... Change a person to hear Martin Luther King when they're six or seven. That's, uh, that, that's a mo, and, and don't they say the best speeches are the ones where you actually don't remember the words, but you remember how you feel?
1: Yes. Yes. I I can't remember. Who was it who said that? Was it, was it Toni Morrison? I don't,
0: I don't remember, but it was, I, I do remember someone said that, and, um, I've, I've never forgotten it. And so when you said it, I can only imagine that, um, that, That he he they you know I I never heard him speak. I met Dorothy Height. I don't know if you're. (laughs) I interviewed Dorothy Height. Amazing woman. Oh, she actually changed my life, and and I don't remember. I can't remember. I wrote it so, but I can't remember everything she said. But I do remember (laughs) how I felt, and I just wanted to go, um, change the world as well. I wanted to do exactly what she did. I wanted to help my demographic. And yes. uh, it it was yeah. that feeling, um, felt good. And uh, it, it 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 is that what drives you today? It's like you just kind of can't stop once you, once you get that feeling. It's uh, you which, know,
1: the, I had a I had a colleague when I worked at the NAACP offense Fund, who used to talk about uh, civil rights as a relay race for justice. She well, said, she said. What you're supposed to do in your time is run as hard and as fast and as long as you can, and then hand the baton um, to the next. It's not that you're ever, um, oh wow, at a destination because it's that's the nature of justice. It's like the, the you know the the the, the demands and the, and the needs um, of black people. Um, in the 50s and 60s in that period of civil rights didn't mean that was all that we needed or all that everybody needed. The, the, the issues of, of, uh, of, uh, of other black and brown people, of women, of people with disabilities, of, uh, of the LGBTQ um, uh, community have all taken their rightful place alongside the struggles of, uh, of African Americans. And in a, in a society like ours, that is supposed to be organized around these civic ideals. It's really quite remarkable when you think about it with the only nation in human history organized this way, they, they are constant. Uh, they make a constant claim on your conscience, you yeah. know, as citizens. Yeah. Um, and I, it's part of the genius of the of the country. It's part of the frustration of the country um, uh, too. But it's it's not. I think, uh, I, and I'm I'm trying to answer you, Kathy, not just as a uh, as someone who has been personally involved in civil rights, but as someone who thinks about this from the perspective of American citizenship. That this is what being an American is about. And one of the most exciting things about what's happening right now is that there's a whole generation that seems to understand that in a deep deep way by their behaviors out of feet um, uh, in the last few months in ways that I think in my generation we didn't always.
0: but what about those who uh, what do you for for those who are, are fighting the good fight and um, and it, it's so gosh damn it's so hard sometimes what do you say it, to those that uh, you do take a stand and um, you're met in a world of social media and, and, you know, we're not supposed to read the comments, but when the fight, it, right. Don't read the comments, but it's so, uh, what do you, what do you say to those, you know, uh, uh, I'm Latina, I'm a woman. And I've always uh, since Dorothy height, you know, darn her. She's, she um, put that in me too, that I do, I do want to fight for other women and uh, and help, but it gets so darn hard what do sure. you do what do you do you don't drop you the baton going.
1: how do I mean, you, you, you keep going there really is no other answer than than uh than the ancient one of keeping your eyes on the prize um can i crawl up
0: in fetal position in a corner and cry and just go away and uh, and a, well, yeah. I, would, I would i would
1: do that uh, when no one's looking okay you.
0: thank you okay I mean, all right
1: i, thank- you know, I mean should, you need to you need to do what you need to do to take care of yourself, and if that's part of what you need to do, you should do it. Okay. But my point is that um, you you know leaders are leading even when they don't think they're leading, even when they think they're off duty. It's you know your optimism, your um, keeping the faith, uh, your going back to the fight, bloodied. And, uh, and bent, um, is a source of strength for the other people who are trying to become a part of that fight, trying to make those same sorts of, uh, uh sacrifices. So it's not a lot of comfort to tell you, you can't stay. In that fetal position. <laughs> you know,
0: for, I know probably. you're not letting me do that, are you? So, but I, I would I would do that
1: privately when no one's looking, and then you know take a deep breath, and get back out there, eat some because, chocolate, you
0: know, this, eat some chocolate too, maybe. Can yeah, I, I, oh yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I thank keep
1: dark you. chocolate within reach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So okay. So for bloodied, that's um darn. Now it's like now now um you've inspired me, and I, I will remember your words and how you've made me feel. So. So, um, gosh, that's not fair. But as long as I have permission to cry and eat chocolate, then you're okay. Uh, so how can um, – okay, I, maybe there's no limit and um, we we can't give you our house, but how do we help with uh, the Together Fund? How would you like um, me to tell others and, and share your message?
1: Well, I'd love for people to, to check us out at uh, TogetherFundPAC.com. PAC, okay. Okay. Um, Follow us on, on social media. Um, more to the point, uh, check out the candidates and causes that we are supporting and understand why. Um, I mentioned that we've announced a number of the um, uh, candidates for the Senate and House uh, so far. We're going to do more of, uh, of those We'll also be um, drawing attention to some of the grassroots groups that are working in the jurisdictions where these candidates are uh, competing to bring new voices and new people into uh, civic life. Um, and I think that's enormously important uh, for the future. And then um, the other thing I'd say is we're going to be putting up some very specific information uh place, for example, where you can uh, vote by mail, find out what the deadlines there are, get the information and the necessary ID uh, and all that well in ahead, and get your ballot well in advance and get your ballot in early. Check to see that your registration uh, is intact. If you haven't registered, register, register. If you think you have, check anyway because of the purging uh, that's been going on, some of the voter suppression. Because yeah. we need... We need everybody on the field right now. This is, oh. this campaign, you know, and I'll stop talking, Kathy, but if... if um,
0: no, all if hands every, on deck. We need everyone.
1: If, if every campaign is about the character of the candidates, this one's about the character of the country. Wow. Everybody needs to express themselves. If we want a better country... Um, then we've got to get out there and vote uh, for that. And then we've got to stay engaged and make sure the folks we vote in um, are accountable for delivering the result we need.
0: In your lifetime, would you think um, that now is more challenging, The times are more divided now, would you say, in your lifetime? <sighs> I know, I'm sorry.
1: No, it's hard because, you know, I grew up going uh, home with my grandparents one weekend every Every month by car to Louisville, Kentucky, and um, you know we brought food, um, and uh, and we went to the bathroom at the side of the road because stopping um, to eat or try to go to a public bathroom or a bathroom in a rest—well, uh, over then just you know gas stations um, could bring with it all kinds of indignities. So. It's hard for me to say that this is that we were that we are more divided than we've ever been. It's it we are more there is more turmoil now than there has been, but until very recently it felt like a lot of that was manufactured and just, you know, for the sake of turmoil itself. Right. Right now it feels like we are really coming to to terms and reckoning with some big hard uh and long last Issues the kinds we talked about it at the, at the top of this uh, conversation and I think that's exciting and and, um, and very hopeful
0: you're right it seems like um, there is more awareness to the causes which almost helps the causes
1: I think that's right and yeah. there was a there's a great line from a guy named Anand Garandras I heard in a speech he gave at the uh, Obama Foundation summit a few years ago he said uh, to the effect everybody or so many more people are woke and he said the big question today is whether the woke will leave room for still waking Ooh, and i that's a pretty important idea right there
0: i think that is that is um so so it's interesting it'll be interesting the next uh, few months i think it'll be very interesting um where, where we're headed where we're going but I'm glad I'm glad you're I'm glad you haven't decided to just retire, go to a beach house, and um, walk away from it all. I'm glad you're you're not, you know, that you're Can't still. Do that. I know. I'm glad that you still are, are are fighting the good fight. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf thank of you. all of us that need you, thank you. Thank
1: you. I appreciate you.
0: You've been awesome. Thank you. Um, thanks for the therapy. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Kathy. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay. I mean, conversation. What was I thinking? Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank Take you. Right. You too. Thanks, okay, bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Liberal Sherpa podcast um and hopefully you've been inspired from someone who was inspired by Martin Luther King as um as a child. So, yeah. And um is BFFs with Obama it sounds like. I don't know, I should have dug deeper into that. Um okay. So see you next time and um, pick up a Catalina magazine on PressReader.com coming out really, really soon. Thanks.